Locked On Fantasy, your daily NFL fantasy podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into the Locked On Dynasty Football Podcast, everybody. I am Kate Majuk. You could follow me on Twitter at FFBallBlast. And as always, I'm joined by my awesome co-host, Marcus Mosier. You can follow him on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And don't forget to give the show a follow at Locked On Dynasty. Hit that subscribe button. Leave us those five-star reviews wherever you listen to your podcast. Help others find the show because uh, we're working really hard to help you build the ultimate dynasty fantasy football roster. Marcus, we almost have another week in the books. My oh my. The fantasy football season goes so fast. It, it does. doesn't ever stop. It, it does. We're already three weeks into the season. We're getting ready for week four. And we've got some good week four games coming up, Kate. But I want to start today's podcast the same way we started last week. Okay. Do you remember how we started last week's podcast? Oh, I don't. I, don't. I asked you, why isn't Cooper Cup? being valued as a top three dynasty receiver. Wow. Right now. Uh, um, Cooper cup. Kate, this week, all he did nine receptions for 96 yards and two touchdowns. Um, I don't know if you had a chance to look at his stats, but he is on pace for 2000 yards in 36 touchdowns for the Rams. casual <laughs> casual. So again, why, why aren't we valuing him the same way we would like Deandre Hopkins, Devonte Adams, those guys, you know, that range of players. Um, I think we, I think we will. Okay. Uh, I, and my, my faith in that comes from the fact that two seasons ago, we were valuing Cooper cup as a top five wide receiver in dynasty. It's so funny to me. Uh, Cause I, I think we like to pride ourselves on uh, the notion that we uh, you know, we are dynasty managers. We're always looking at the long term. but you know what, Marcus, we don't, we are very quick to jump ship. I'm already seeing all these tweets about Kyle Pitts. He, uh, Kyle Pitts mm. went uh, almost three full quarters without a single target on the mm. game. I mean, the, the Atlanta Falcons are just a disaster, but people are already jumping ship on Kyle Pitts. We like to pretend that we have the foresight and that we are uh, looking at this as long-term dynasty managers, but we're not. We're really just playing redraft leagues where you get to keep the players at the end of the year. <laughs> there you go, exactly. This is right? <laughs> like, yeah, Cooper Cup is a, a, a at the very least, a top uh, 10 dynasty wide receiver. And like you said, you're making the case for a top, top five performance. But how about Debo Samuel? He's also mm. doing some pretty, pretty fantabulous things through this season. Uh, he's he's really showing up as the team's wide receiver one. Do we need to be bumping him up? Because ahead of the season, we we had written him off for Brandon Ayuk, who did have a showing on Sunday Night Football. Is it the Debo Samuel show? Obviously, not not quite as big of a performance on Sunday Night Football. Had 52 yards, no touchdown, but still got 10 targets on the game. Really impressive. He's on pace for 1,700 receiving yards and five touchdowns through three games. What do we do with Debo Samuel? How are you valuing Debo Samuel? Because I think Cooper Cup is the guinea here. Cooper Cup is the low-hanging fruit. I want to know what you're doing with Debo Samuel. 
Uh, I think Debo is still a wide receiver two for me and probably close to a low end wide receiver two. Listen, I love the volume. I, I love that he's getting 10 targets. I love that he's getting chances in the run game. It's still just the touchdowns are a bit concerning. Um, in his last 16 games, Kate, with, with the 49ers, only six touchdowns and two of them came on the ground. Um, with Jimmy Garoppolo, it just doesn't seem like he's going to be throwing the ball down the field enough. So he's going to have to do so much after the catch and with target volume. I, I think he's a really, really fun player who's probably better in real life than in fantasy and dynasty. Uh, but I can't quite get there yet. Brandon Ayuk is the <laughs> more concerning one to me, though. Yes, he had a touchdown in week three, but only six targets. And if Kittle and Samuel are basically going to get 10 each, where does Brandon Ayuk fit in this offense long term? I don't know. Uh, I, I think all of these things are TBD, but I mean, if you are buying into the fact that like, yes, Debo Samuel will be a thing, maybe not, uh, you know, maybe the yardage will be there for him. We'll see some targets, but if you're not buying into the fact that he's going to be a long time asset in terms of touchdown production, are you looking to sell him high uh, while he's sitting in that wide receiver uh, top, top 10 wide receiver range in terms of production Heading into this season, he was the wide receiver 35. Mm -hmm. uh, he was drafted as the wide receiver 35 in Dynasty League startups. That is behind assets like Corey Davis, uh, yeah. wild, wild Robert Woods, who at 29, obviously, uh, we can make cases either way. But um, I, I, Devo Samuel, he's young. Are you looking to move him while you can, uh, while maybe you can ask for a higher price than you could have? heading into the season. I think so. I think this is a good time to try to move him and try to get somebody who is more in a more well-established offense. And it's going to throw the ball down the field more. So, uh, I mean, you're not going to be able to trade Debo Samuel for Cooper cup, obviously, but Debo Samuel plus something else to go get Cooper cup. Like that's something that I'm interested in, or if I want to go up, you know, try to upgrade from let's say Debo Samuel to CD lamb or, uh, maybe Devontae Adams or something like that. I think that's where you try to jump in here. Um, Kate, any other big takeaways from week one? We're going to get into some winners and losers in a second, but anything else that you just kind of want to mention off the top? Um, I, I think I, I will say through the week, this is not something that we've gotten to see yet, but something that I want to keep an eye heading into Monday Night Football. I was really surprised at the number of start sick questions I got regarding Tony Pollard. Mm. So I, I really want to keep an eye out. So obviously uh, we we've talked about Tony Pollard plenty on this podcast, but uh, you know, he didn't really see any sort of uh, jump in terms of snap counts from week one to week two. It was just that he was being utilized on his snaps right. a little bit more heavily. So I'm keeping an eye on Tony Pollard tonight, heading into Monday night football against the Eagles going to be something really interesting because uh, depending on that sort of usage there, we could be seeing a really big swing in Tony Pollard's dynasty value. And I'm very curious as to how this one's going to shake out. Yeah. Well, let's talk about that on our Thursday show, because I think we're going to learn a lot tonight uh, on Monday night football uh, about how the Cowboys plan on using Zeke and Tony Pollard going forward. Uh, Kate, I want to get to all the winners and losers from week three, but before we do that, I want to tell you guys about Bet Online. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. With a new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests, betonline.ag continues 
to be the number one source for everything football. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus. That is double your initial deposit just for signing up. Don't forget to use promo code NFL100 from football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. All right, Kate, let's talk about some of the biggest winners from week three. And we probably should talk about the guy uh, whose jersey is hanging on the wall right directly behind you if you're watching this on YouTube. Najee Harris. <laughs> now, we, <laughs> we talked we can about call Naj- it a win, sort of. Yes, we can. Yes, we can. <laughs> and here's the reason why we can call it a win. We told you guys this is probably going to happen. Like the efficiency on the ground is going to be awful. And it was again today. He averaged two point, or excuse me, uh, on Sunday, 2.9 yards per carry, 14 carries for 40 yards. But it was just the sheer volume that was going to make up for, for the, the lack of efficiency. Okay, he had 19 targets in the passing game, 1-9, 14 receptions for 102 yards. So you got, was that, 24 points in, in receiving yardage alone without a touchdown. Uh, again, the rushing stuff is going to be bad, but when you're getting that much work in the passing game, it's going to be hard to not value him as a low end RB one going forward. Right. Oh, absolutely. Um, and I, I think you can definitely, definitely make the case that, you know, this is where we're going to get like the bread and butter here. We're going to get it through targets. I don't think Najee Harris is going to have a very pretty path to RB one production, but I do think he is going to produce as an RB one. Uh, definitely the, the Steelers, I think do need to make some, I, I was, uh, you know, trying to give some faith to the offensive line. It's not working out. I, I, I thought they might be able to pull something better together. Um, but, you know. Now they got it, some injuries as well, right? Trust now they have some injuries. The game. Yep. They, they've definitely got to, I think, make a move. They've got to get some sort of veteran. They have some room in terms of cap space. So I, I wouldn't be surprised to see if they do try to make a move for, uh, you know, acquire an offensive lineman, a veteran uh, that that can really, you know, try to define this offensive line. It's a very young unit. Um, but in the meantime, until we can get and count on that efficiency um, and, and count on that run blocking, it's right. definitely, definitely going to be the volume in the passing game. Three targets week one, five targets week five, 19 targets in week three. And I think I like the way it's trending. As, Keep trending that way. I like please. that. Yes. I, at this rate, he is going to uh, be on pace for like 50 targets in week five. But I do think that, uh, you know, Deontay Johnson's absence, especially Ben Roethlisberger's looking for these short end targets. And especially while Deontay Johnson is mm. uh, off of the field, I think Najee's going to continue to just ball out as a receiver. And then Juju Smith-Schuster left with a rib injury uh, on Sunday. Yep. So we'll see how long he's out, if he can return to the lineup next week. But without Juju in the middle of the field, it stands the reason I think Najee's going to continue to see a big workload in the passing game. So I think it could have been even a bigger day for Najee. I think he had at least three drops. I think you could even say four drops maybe in this game. So uh, his, his value continues to rise. Let's talk about another guy that was in this game. Jamar Chase, um, Joe Burrow only threw the ball 18 times against Pittsburgh, but Jamar Chase had four receptions for 65 yards and two touchdowns. People were all worried about Jamar Chase in the in the preseason. 
Uh, there were some stories coming out about uh, him not being able to catch the ball and his confidence. All he's done is score four touchdowns, Kate, over the last uh, three games. He's at 220 yards on the season. He looks exactly like the player that we saw at LSU. Uh, what are your thoughts on Jamar Chase? I think you can be nothing but encouraged, especially like uh, we we talked about heading into the football season. We haven't seen Jamar Chase play football in a really long time. Yeah. So uh, if this is him shaking off the rust and adapting to the NFL game as a rookie, he's going to be a really big problem. Um, I, I think he's going to be a very nice asset for Joe Burrow to continue to develop as a quarterback. They look very comfortable together. They they still have that chemistry very clearly. Uh, Jamar Chase is everything you wanted. And if you were buying because of, you know, the preseason reports, what do you say? Uh, the the NFL balls are harder to see. Um, yeah. <laughs> something along those without something the white like stripes. That, yeah. Like it was it was just really, uh, really silly, silly stuff. Um, but if you were able to buy low there, I, I think you got yourself a very nice steal. Um, and, and my God, it, the ceiling is to the moon. Uh, a couple other guys just I want to touch on really quickly. We, we, I don't want to spend a lot of time on this guy, even though I know we could do, do a whole show. Uh, Zach Ma Moss, Kate, <laughs> 16 touches for 91 yards and a touchdown. He had the most carries in this backfield. He got targeted three times in the passing game. I thought we were left for dead early on in the season when he wasn't even <laughs> active. And now he's putting up RB two numbers. Your thoughts? He is looking, uh, he is looking better than even, even I had projected. I wasn't like overly high on Zach Moss heading into the season. Like I, I had said before, I was a little discouraged by some of the stuff I saw on social media, which mm -hmm. uh, shame on me, fool me once um, that, that fool me twice. That's on me, uh, whatever, what have you. <laughs> uh, he looks, he looks good, but I think the thing to note is that he, he earned a lot of snaps yesterday. Yes. Yes. Uh, we can look at the touches, um, but at, like the snaps, I think is what, what really tells you what's, what's what, um, and Zach Moss actually out snapped Devin Singletary, which he, uh, he hasn't done really. Right. They, he's Devin Singletary has very clearly been the guy, but, uh, I think he only made the you know, further case for more snaps moving forward. I've got another guy we should talk about, Kate. This is wide receiver 50 in Dynasty League football, uh, according to ADP from this month. So this is super relevant stuff. Mike Williams. Wow. Kate, seven receptions for 122 yards and two touchdowns on Sunday. Kate, in his last four games. 403 yards in five touchdowns, averaging just under 10 targets per game. Are things finally clicking for Mike Williams? And can we continue to expect this type of production? Absolutely. Yes. And I'm I'm absolutely buying in if somebody's looking to move Mike Williams because of uh, you know, the the fact that maybe this isn't seen as so you would sustainable. Buy high. I absolutely would buy yeah. high. Um, Mike Williams is in a contract year. He's really making the case for the chargers to keep him on staff. Um, especially, you know, if he continues to have this rapport with Justin Herbert, I think it makes it really hard to, to move on. Um, maybe you get a little discount too in that second contract because of the fact that, uh, dude, we had four years of, uh, lackluster production. And, uh, now, you know, we only saw it for one year. Maybe they get a little bit of a discount, on that second deal, but 
um, ranked second in the NFL among wide receivers and targets, third in reception, second receiving yards, and leading all wide receivers with four touchdowns. He's just uh, – he's, he's good he's, at the game, right? He's very good at football. And you know what? So sometimes we, we buy too far into coach speak, but sometimes we go way too far the other way and we don't buy in. We heard – uh, that he was going to be utilized like a Michael Thomas. We didn't mm -hmm. believe it. And guess what? We are seeing a lower average depth of target for Mike Williams, which is much more sustainable for fantasy football because you're not relying on those big, big all or nothing plays. You're not relying on Mike Williams to make a uh, acrobatic catch. You're just relying on him to be a good wide receiver, which he is. He's a big body. I'm absolutely buying high on Mike Williams because He's just delivering what we've expected this entire time, and he's on pace for a wicked record season. <laughs> and he's got a very favorable schedule coming up. The next game is the Raiders on Monday Night Football, who have been kind of decimated in their secondary. Uh, I think you might be right on that one. Uh, we're going to talk about some of the losers from Week 3, Kate, and I, I, there's a <laughs> couple of guys we have to talk about. But before we do that, I want to tell you guys about DirecTV Stream. Direct TV Stream brings you live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before, which means you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. And the best part, there's no annual contract. So stop waiting and get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That is directtv.com. I also want to tell you guys about Built Bar. You guys know Built Bar. It's the best tasting protein bar out there. It's hard to even explain it. Real chocolate with amazing flavors. It's just a great combination of low calories, high protein, and low sugar with no crazy additives. Best of all, they taste fa fantastic. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off your next box at BuiltBar.com. All right, Kate, winners and losers from week three. Let's talk about the losers, and I think we have to start with Justin Fields. We are all wanting to see Justin Fields play because the Andy Dalton offense was so uninspiring. <laughs> and somehow it was worse with Justin Fields. He was 6 of 20 for 68 yards. He added three carries for 12 yards in the passing game. He was sacked nine times, Kate. The Bears had 47 total yards of offense. 47. <laughs> Justin Tucker's kick was like 20 yards longer than what the Bears had of <laughs> offense. Uh, this game to me feels like, Kate, one where it was so bad that Matt Nagy probably is going to just go back to Andy Dalton and not have to play Justin Fields. We might not see him until December. Like it might be that long before we get to see him again. Oof! this was like a, a brutal, brutal outing. I, I, I genuinely feel for the kid. There was at one point like way too far into the game. I want to say it was like in the third quarter where he still had more sack yards than passing yards. Yikes. Not, not overly promising. Um, I, I think this is still a situation where I'd be willing to buy low. I do not think this is what we are going to expect on a week to week basis for Justin Fields, but I do think this is going to hamper his, his uh, ability to stay on the field for this coach who obviously didn't want him out there to begin with. Maybe this is why, um, I, 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 Ooh, it it's it was really rough to watch, but I still believe in the the athleticism. I believe that he has a better quarterback than we saw yesterday. I mean, the Browns they've they've allowed lots of yardage, but 
I do think they are a, a, a decent, decent defense. Um, they've got a lot of big playmakers and they're one of the tougher defenses that I wouldn't want to face uh, my rookie quarterback against. I know we talked so much about, uh, you know, what are we going to do putting him out there against mm -hmm. the Rams defense? I, I think the Cleveland Browns defense uh, in general, they have enough playmakers that, yeah, this, this should be concerning, but maybe the other storyline that we need to talk about is David Montgomery. Cause he's been uh, showing out. He's looked fantastic. Mm -hmm. And it, what do we do with David Montgomery? If this is going to be the situation for now, at least um, maybe Andy Dalton is better for David Montgomery, at least for the time being. That's really scary to say. I think David Montgomery is a buy low right now because the things will get better. The offensive line will eventually improve. They've had just, they've been decimated with injuries. So I think eventually Justin Fields will settle in. It'll help the rushing game because this always happens when you add an athletic quarterback who can run a little bit, the, the actual running back gets better. So a good buy low window here for David Montgomery. Um, Kay, a running back that I'm really nervous about, and this is a guy that I own in just about every single dynasty league is Jonathan Taylor. Um, on Sunday, he was 10 carries for 64 yards, which fantastic efficiency saw just three targets, caught one pass for eight yards, uh, has yet to score a touchdown in the first three games of the season. Is this Colts offense just going to be not good enough to give him, you know, goal line opportunities? And we, even we saw last week. When he did get some goal line opportunities, he didn't convert. So are you nervous about Jonathan Taylor? Uh, I'm I'm starting to get a little bit nervous. <laughs> yes. Um, do I think, uh, again, it like when I'm trying to play uh, dynasty football in a way that is sustainable, I know I mentioned it earlier in the show, like we're very reactionary, um, even though we're not supposed to be in dynasty football. Uh, it still comes down to the raw talent. Obviously, it, there's questions about whether or not we're even going to see Carson Wentz on the field for the entirety of the season. Uh, there's so many question marks in that offense. They need better weapons in the receiving game as well. Uh, but when I'm looking at the running back itself, yes, I believe he is absolutely one of uh, the best running backs in the NFL. He is just such a pure, purely mm -hmm. talented runner. Um, he he's he's a, a top five dynasty quarterback or running back. And if uh, you're able to, you know, make a trade based on this recent production, he might not be the guy to buy if you were in contention for, uh, you know, a league winning kind of team. But I mean, if you're in a rebuild mode, this might be a great time to buy him low. Cause I, I do think when you see some semblance of a decent offense, it's going to be really hard to trade for him at any point in his career. I do think things will get better. Now their, their schedule is pretty tough again to start the season. They got Miami, I believe this week, Baltimore's coming up and then it opens like way up. Like they've got games against the Texans. Uh, they got some games against Jacksonville coming up. So I do think he's somebody who's going to get better as the season goes on. But Kate, I'm worried about the Colts just, being so bad that, you know, we get to November and December and they're a three win team. And it's just like, Hey, let's not run our running back into the ground. Let's save, you know, some of the, the work and kind of split it up. I, I, I am a little bit nervous there. A um, couple other things before we, we had out rookie quarterbacks um, for the rest of the season, which rookie quarterback do you want in your fantasy lineup? 
Yikes. Um, <laughs> probably like, gosh, probably uh, not, not in my lineup for now, but I, Trey Lance, I want, I want him on my yeah. dynasty team. And honestly, um, you know, if you're in, uh, if you're in like Scott Fishbowl, you're probably seeing Trey Lance outscore guys like Zach Wilson and, and Trevor Lawrence just because uh -huh. of the lack of mistakes. Um, every time he comes into to the game, he's touching the ball and scoring a touchdown, which is uh, pretty incredible. And I think it's going to be we, we saw plenty of mistakes from Jimmy Garoppolo uh, in prime time. Obviously, they they just missed out on a win. But you have to wonder leaving that game if Trey Lance would have been in more, at least like if we saw maybe, you know, in the preseason, we saw a really nice rotation between the two backs, which was a very a unique premise that we saw in that offense. Um, maybe if we saw some more rotation there that we would have seen the 49ers walk away with a win instead of a last yeah. minute uh, field goal that, that destroyed the game. Um, and what a fun game, by the way, but yeah, it was a fun game. I'm I still mad at the 49ers though, by the way, just don't give the ball back to Aaron Rodgers. That's the, the the ultimate goal at the end. Do not give it back to 12. <laughs> yeah, as I'm soon as mad. I saw that that touchdown, I was like, this is uh this this went very poorly. Um uh, you know, I, I I do think that we are going to see Trey Lance get involved sooner rather than later, though. I'm hoping because every time he touches the ball, fantastic things happen. But I mean, we did see signs of life for Trevor Lawrence yesterday. Um, uh, but it, the Jets not a good offense, no, uh, not, no. not a good offense at all. I mean, Zach Wilson's just making so many just mistakes, uh, turnovers, holding on to the ball too long. Um, it, Justin Fields, obviously we got, we got the glance there. There's just not a lot that I want to buy into right now. Uh, even Mac Jones finally looked human yesterday. Um, and I, I'd probably go with him except that, you know, we know he doesn't have uh, all of that, that much mm -hmm. rushing upside, which is not uh, that key, uh, the Konami code for fantasy football. So I'm, I'm probably rolling Trey Lance. Do you have a different answer? Do you know who the highest scoring rookie quarterback was this week, Kate? I believe it was Davis Mills. It was Davis Mills. Now, if yeah. you don't count that when you just look at the Sunday game, Trey Lance outscored uh, Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson and uh, Justin Fields in, in leagues where interceptions are worth like minus four, which I happen to play in a, a couple of those. Trey Lance had one carry for one yard and one touchdown, and he outscored all of those guys. Like it's just, <laughs> it's, it's so rough bad. out here for rookie quarterbacks. I, it's man, I hope a lot of you guys weren't relying on rookie quarterbacks to help win your your dynasty leagues or your startup leagues, like I was unfortunately because. It's 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 tough sledding right out there. It's tough sledding out there right now. Uh, that is it for today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. As always, you can download and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, you can follow Kate at FF Ball Blast. I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier. Enjoy the Monday night football game between the Eagles and the Cowboys. Uh, Matt and Ryan will be back on Tuesday and Wednesday. We'll be back on Thursday previewing week four. Hopefully we get to talk about Tony Pollard a little bit in that game, Kate, because that would be a lot of fun. But we'll see you guys next time. Bye.